You might be able to get your feet down now. Okay. Oh yeah, there we go. Yep. <laughs> wow. That's amazing. <laughs> oh, that was incredible. <laughs> Hello, I'm Liv Bolton, and you're listening to The Outdoors Fix, a podcast to inspire people wanting to make adventures outdoors a bigger part of their life. My guest today is Susanna Crookshank. She's an open water and wild swimming guide in the Lake District, and she runs her business under the name Susanna Swims. Susanna hasn't always lived in the Lake District or been a wild swimmer she's now turned into her career. I went to visit Susanna in the Lake District to find out how she did that. And we had a lovely swim in Crummock Water. You'll have heard a bit of it right at the beginning of the episode and there's more to come. She also has lots of tips for those who want to try wild swimming and some safety advice. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Head to theoutdoorsfix.com or Instagram to see photos of Susanna's wild swimming adventures. And please rate, review and subscribe to the podcast if you like listening. It really helps. And feel free to spread the word to your family and friends. So, here's Susanna. Susanna, hello. Hello. Uh, this is wonderful to be here on Crummock Water. Thank you. We're on the edges of the shore and it's a pretty, pretty all right day. We've got a yeah. bit of sunshine. It's, um, it's not bad. And, and this is the lake that you come to a lot, isn't it, to go wild swimming? Yeah, it's not the one that's closest to me, but it's the one that I prefer. So how deep is it? Um, it's about 30, 40 metres, I think. Um, I'm not al- I don't always get too hung up on statistics because I think ultimately if you can't put your feet down, it doesn't matter how deep <laughs> yeah. it is. But um, it's good. To, some people do really like to know what they're swimming over. So I think it's about 30, 40 metres in the middle and then obviously around the sides because uh, it's a glacial lake. It, it shelves down in a bit of a V shape, so it's shallow around the edges. Nice. And okay. so we're in the northwest yes. lakes and yeah. also very close to Buttermere. Yes, right in the middle. Such a beautiful area. Yeah amazing so you are a wild swimming guide yes and tell me how many times are you out at the moment while swimming at the moment pretty busy um, i'm working so six days sometimes seven um doesn't leave a lot of room for much else but it's it's the summer so it is very busy do you do mm. anything from beginner short swims through to bigger day hike swims is that yeah. right yeah focus more on beginners because that tends to be where the demand is people want to know how to get into it and where they can go and uh, so I, I do a lot of first timers but i'm starting to do longer swims I, I do only offer them to my regulars at the moment because to do a long swim um it's it's quite a challenge so we'll do perhaps the length of buttermere wow um and things like that i've started doing that's about that's about two miles isn't it so um, it's a bit further it, it's about two kilometers oh, yes yeah, so it's about yeah. i think it's roughly a mile to yeah. swim the length of buttermere um but for some people that is quite a challenge yeah. it's about an hour's swimming depending on how quick you are obviously yeah. but on average we take about an hour to do that um 
I'm hoping to do longer swims in future, but you know, just the pure logistics of having someone in the water for two or three hours, you've really got to know what you're doing. So yeah. um, that's something I might offer in future, but not at the moment. Yeah. It's kind of a lot more um, just sort of like coming to the place where we are now, somewhere that's a little bit further than just parking up by the nearest bit of water. I've never been one that likes to park at the side of the road and get straight in. I like to have a bit of a walk as well. Yeah. <laughs> so you haven't always been a wild swimming guide. No. Um, and you haven't always lived in the Lake District. No. So how did this all come about? Uh, I always say it's a bit of a fluke really. Um, I grew up in Coventry and um, had some friends, uh, some family friends that moved up here, they bought a hotel and um, my dad when he was working he was a decorator and the friends sort of jokingly said to him come up and do our decorating for us and he did and they would close the hotel for a week or so and he'd come up and do all their decorating and one summer I came up with him and that was it I was hooked I don't think I helped at all I was supposed to be there to help him with the decorating and I spent the entire week just exploring oh, and I was hooked absolutely. I just didn't want to leave <laughs> and so then you came up here but then when did you move mm. up here not long after that actually I think that was in the summer and then I came back in October and I had a trial at the hotel so they uh, they gave me a job basically um, and on my days off I could just go and roam in Winlat Forest so were you very outdoorsy at that point? Had you done any wild swimming? <laughs> no, none whatsoever. No, I had a really suburban upbringing. Me and my sister, we say so we grew up in Coventry. We didn't go on camping holidays. We'd never been to the Lake District before. I think maybe she'd been on an outward bound course. We just we had really straightforward beach holidays on the Isle of Wight. We didn't go for country walks or anything like that. Maybe a picnic in the park, that kind of thing. We were just very ordinary. And I don't ever remember going on hikes at all as a child. Wow, so how did the, you come about to wild swimming then? When was the first wild swim and, and, and why did you do it? When, once I'd moved up here, I always dipped, in, especially in summer, because it was a done thing. That's when you saw people doing it and it was hot, so therefore it would be safer because the weather was warmer. Um, you know, the, what I'd grown up with knowing was that open water was cold and dark and dangerous, it was deep, you might die. All those warnings that you get, especially as a child of the 80s, um, that doing things like that were dangerous. So it never even occurred to me that you could actually go and swim in this water. I thought, well, you just cooled yourself off around the edges. And I think at that stage, I was, I was doing a lot of hill walking, a lot of camping. So I was camping in Buttermere, and I think I just... After I pitched my tent, I wandered through to Crummock, had a little dip, got out again. And that's, that's the first time I can ever remember swimming outdoors, apart from, you know, perhaps on the beach at holiday, on a holiday. So you were hiking a lot, and then yeah. how did you start properly wild swimming, apart from just dipping? Just dipping. Well, I guess, as I say, the dipping had started because we were spending a lot of time. My, my dad moved up here after I did, and um, we used to do a lot of hill walking together. Um, unfortunately, he, he'd got prostate cancer, and he was a runner. So the walking took over from his running and we did a lot together. And um, yeah, I just dip and I never thought of taking it any further. And a little while um, later, I was living with a friend in Keswick and she swims in dirt and water every day. Whatever the weather, she's just out there and she swims and she'll do a mile, a couple of miles. She like picks out a feature in the landscape and swims to it and then comes back again. Living with her um, and being sort of in, in the household, you kind of get into their routines as well, the family routine. And she would make so much noise in the mornings. We're talking so at six o'clock in the morning, she'd be going out and going down to Derwent Water. And it was that kind of, oh, I'm awake, I might as well just get up and do it. 
<laughs> that's your dog Rosie, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> Protecting us. Thank you, Rosie. Oh. Yeah, Jude took me down with her for her regular swim and she um, crowbarred me into her son's wetsuit. So I'm about 100 metres and got out again. And I got out because I thought I must get out now in case I get too cold and something happens to me yeah. and, you know, and I sink and die. <laughs> and um, But that was it. After that initial, I felt so good after swimming, whatever it was, 100 metres with her. And she carried on and did her swim and we walked back again. And then on my lunch break at, from work, I went and bought a wetsuit in town. And I swam the next couple of weeks, just nonstop, got up every morning with her. And eventually, without even realising it, I was swimming a mile each morning, backwards wow. and forwards. And that was where the click came, really, that going from just coming down a hill and jumping in a bit of water to cool off to realising that not only could I, I was a good swimmer, I'd always swam in pools and things, but I'd never really taken any notice of my own ability, but I could go and swim a distance and I was quite good at it and I really enjoyed it. For me, to be able to swim out into the middle of a lake, it's my top of the mountain feelings. You know that buzz that you get when you've spent all day walking and finally you top out and that's it, you've got nowhere else to go apart from down again. That's To me, that's how it feels when I get out into open water, that that's my top of the mountain feeling. And especially when, um, as my dad got more ill and we couldn't walk in the hills and eventually I couldn't walk because I was looking after him, um, just to be able to come down to a lake, which was five minutes walk away, swim out, which was five minutes again, you know, within sort of 20 or 30 minutes, I was getting the same kick and the same buzz as if I'd walked to the top of Grisdale Pike, which I couldn't do anymore because that took a couple of hours and I just hadn't got a couple of hours to, to do that. So so did your father then watch you do what wild swimming? <laughs> yeah, he hated it. Oh. He was constantly more confident of my ability to drown than my ability to swim. So yeah, he would. we, we kind of adapted our routines then that instead of planning these big days out in the hills, we'd be looking at a map to think where could we go for a short walk so like where we are for example it only took us what five ten minutes mm. to walk from from the car and that for him was perfect because that was as much as he could manage and he could potter along the shore with the dog I could have a swim we could walk back again it was kind of like a happy compromise so that we were still getting out and although we didn't really acknowledge the fact that he couldn't get up the hills as much anymore but we were we, at least we were outside and we were both doing something that we enjoyed but yeah he was constantly terrified I was going to drown oh. <laughs> so while swimming became a really regular hobby mm -hmm. you were out there most days mm -hmm. um unfortunately your father passed away yeah. and was it a way was while swimming a way that helped you deal with that Definitely, because it, it wasn't just the swimming, it was everything that went with it. It was the socialising and it was the having a, a regular habit. Um, a bit like walking the dog, that when he died, I inherited the dog, so I still had to get up every morning. I couldn't hide in bed because there was this sentient being that needed me. And it was the same with the swimming, that I'd got friends and um, you know we'd got a regular time when we'd go and swim. And I kind of, they wouldn't really let me opt out because... You just feel so much better when you've done it. When I'm in open water, I don't think about anything. It's just like white noise. Mm. And when I was struggling to make sense of what I was going to do next, because essentially when my dad died, I'd been caring for him for several years mm. and I'd given up, given up a job, um, relationships, fitness, activities, wow. all stuff like that. So I kind of had... I'd got a clean slate, really, but I hadn't got that one thing that my whole life revolved around. So I needed to 
find a way forward really um and swimming really helped with that because as i say it was the one place where i didn't worry about anything yeah. or didn't think about anything and and eventually you do it in, you do something enough times and it becomes a habit and i realized that um the more that i did it the more i was more able to cope so when i was having a bad day come and swim um get rid of all those thoughts in my head mm. come out again and sometimes that one thing that's actually really important that you do need to think about that's the thing that stays with you mm. um and it just yeah it, it was the one thing where i felt like if everything was slightly out of control i could go and have a swim and it would just bring everything back together again for me at that point in your in your life where were your favorite spots to go while swimming <laughs> Uh, I was going everywhere actually. I'd got um, a good circuit of friends that I swam with. I'd have friends that would come and swim the length of a lake with me because wow. they were um, they were athletic and they'd got, they'd got that kind of capacity in them. Mm. And then I'd got friends that just liked to have a little potter around. So if it was a you know a quick 15, 20 minute swim after work, I knew who to ring for that. And yeah. then if it was, you know, we'd got a day and we wanted to go and have a proper adventure, I'd got friends that I could go and do that with. So, um, yeah, we would swim the length of Crummock. We'd go up to Bowscale Tarn. We'd go and swim in a river somewhere. So, yeah, it was a, it was actually quite a, a nice time, if that's the right way to phrase it, that when my dad had gone, I'd suddenly got all this freedom that I hadn't mm. had for quite a long time. So I did go a little bit, not crazy, but like oh my god I can actually get back out and do things and sometimes it was yeah. a bit too much because I didn't know where to start you've got all this adventuring to do I think I did more swimming in the, the probably the six to nine months after my dad died to um, as much as I've done ever I, I yeah. feel like I accomplished a lot um, with that sort of energy that I'd got back yeah. I guess Wow, so yeah. that six to nine months when you were going out with lots mm. and lots of friends yeah. obviously a massive massive hobby and it helped yeah. you deal with your father's death but now you've got Susanna Swims yes. which is your wild swimming guide business yes. when was the moment that you thought I could turn this mm -hmm. hobby into a career it actually it wasn't long after he died because prior to um to sort of all that commitment in my life of looking after him I'd done I was trying to do my mountain leader training and that was the one one of the things that I had to give up that I couldn't give the time to it that it needed oh and, so you were uh, doing that before he got yeah, in as well yeah yeah and um I'd previously worked for a company called Walking Women which is as it sounds it's women that go walking and it's walking holidays of all abilities and all different places and I'd done a little bit of backup guiding for them and I'd also worked in the office and um, they got back in touch with me a few years later out of the blue um, to lead a, well, to back up guide on a walking holiday in Borrowdale mm. because they wanted to do more swimming. They wanted to start offering a swimming holiday. Okay. So I went along and I'd said to them, look, this is a really bad time. Um, my dad's quite ill and I don't know what's gonna, where I'm going to be in August. Mm. As it was, he died. Mm. And I said, well, I'll do the holiday anyway because... <laughs> I've got, you know, I've got the time off. I might, I'll just go and do it. I'm not. There was nothing massively required of me, other than I just had to help the guide that was there yeah. already. And um, by the end of the holiday, it turned into less of a walking holiday and more of a let's walk to a swim holiday. And just to see the delight on these women's faces, because walking women tends to be an older market, mm -hmm. um, more retired women and perhaps it's something they'd never done before or they'd done in their youth and never done since mm. and to be able to open up that opportunity for something that I found quite easy to do and to realise that for them it was a massive challenge but I was helping facilitate that for them that was the light bulb moment for me it was and like you, I knew then that 
this was something I could go back to and initially I thought well maybe I'll just go back and I'll guide for walking women and that'll be it and then as the wheels started turning and I set up just just as sort of a really it was a Facebook page to start with and the momentum was unbelievable I realized as soon as I started it that there was so much demand for it and I kind of let the demand lead me in the direction that the business has gone now and it was for more gentle leisure-based swims with a nice walk Mm. so that's kind of what I focus on now yeah Yeah. you obviously had lots of demand for this while swimming's becoming incredibly popular in the UK Um, and so you were offering to guide people on these Mm. wild swims yeah what do you think people get out of it why are people drawn to it I think the kind of life we live in the the world we live in now we've got a lot of devices and pressures on our time and everything's just so busy isn't it I I quite enjoy being in Cumbria because when I go back to cities I struggle to cross the road because it's so busy I go and see a friend in Manchester and there's six lanes of traffic and and people have to deal with that in their daily lives every day they've got alerts on their phone they've got emails at work stuff that they do with their family and it's just rush 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 Mm. and when you when you come and swim you're really stripping everything back to basics and you can't take anything in the water with you so you can't take those emails with you mm. you can't really take your car keys with you because yeah. you if you lose them <laughs> you're really screwed yeah. so you kind of have to put all your faith in floating and that I find just as I say with about having white noise in my head it's just amazing I think people just found it it was escapism and but f- and in in conjunction with that i find people don't find escapism very easy because they've got so many ties to, mm. to the life that they lead and um, because i live without a lot of those ties i find it very easy to get into open water or very easy to walk up a hill but for some people that is a massive obstacle and they need a helping hand so it's quite i, I do get questioned a lot well why do you need a swimming guide um why don't you just get in and do it and why do you need someone to guide you up a hill just go and do it but when I first walked up a hill, I got benighted. I got lost and benighted. And as soon as I, and a week later, I'd booked myself on a navigation course right. and then subsequently started mountain leader training. And it's little things like that that if you're not experienced, you just, it's nice to have someone to show you the ropes. I'm not saying you need somebody to guide you every single time you go yeah. out. But if you're learning something, if you, you, you go and get some advice can anyone mm. if they mm. can swim yeah. is it open to all ages i only take out over 18s okay yes um yeah generally when people are coming to me for the first time i want to know that they're comfortable out of their depth because most of the time you can't put your feet down um that they're not prone to panic or anxiety or right. things like that if they are I, c- I can deal with it but it's nice to know in advance because the last thing you want is as soon as someone is floating that they have a big panic attack which has happened before and and if they've not told me then it does catch you off guard but Mm. if if you're watching for it then sort of handy um but yeah i don't need anyone to be a triathlete i get so many emails saying i'd love to come swim with you but i can only swim breaststroke or i can only so as if people seem to have to qualify to do it um if you if you're not a strong swimmer uh, i wouldn't recommend going out on your own i'd recommend getting some practice and being confident because it's the last place you want (laughs) to learn your ability is outdoors so when you take people out Mm. what do you tell them to wear and also my question which might sound incredibly silly is you know what if you is it all right to drink you know or or get the water in your mouth or things like that you know is there anything that can harm you in that water yeah I, i 
go through all of that before we get started. Yeah. Um, I do say to people, ideally, don't drink the water because Crummock is a lovely clean lake. Um, it filters through from Buttermere, which is one of the cleanest lakes that we've got. But <laughs> when you swim out into the middle of the lake, especially at certain times of year, there's big rafts of geese there. Oh, right. And I've swam through floating duck poo and yeah. all kinds of things. So it might look clean and clear. It's best not to drink a, yeah. a bottle full of it. I, there's some lakes where I'd say, especially Buttermere, Crummock, was water, not to worry too much if you get a mouthful, mm. unless you've got a really compromised immune system. But I guess if you had a really compromised immune system, you probably wouldn't be yeah. in open water. Um, places like Derwentwater, Windermere, Ullswater, they have a lot of boats on them, so mm. the water quality is pretty poor. Right. Um, and it, I've never been ill through being in open water or drinking anything in the lake but then I try not to drink too much but yeah I would look at it and think mm, that doesn't look yeah. <laughs> like you want to drink it yeah. yeah and what do they have to wear then it's up to them really um I don't mandate that you have to wear a wetsuit because swimming without is just one of the great joys in life um but for some people to actually get in first time without a wetsuit is quite tricky so generally I will put people in a wetsuit especially if they're going to be in for sort of 20 or 30 minutes mm -hmm. it's good to keep them warm and also the buoyancy that it gives it gives you that little bit of security um but nine times out of ten when we finish the session I will invite them to take it off and swim without just so they can see the difference yeah um something I, I try to get people to wear is um shoes a lot of people will just get in bare feet and you see them doing this sort of drunken toddler yes, wobble because, because it hurts your feet. Yes, yeah. uh, the only time that I've really got into trouble swimming is when I've got into a tarn without anything on my feet and I thought, it'll be fine. I'll just get in and get out again. And I couldn't get in and get out wow. again because it was so rocky and so yeah. bouldery that by the time I'd picked my way in and swam and then started to pick my way back out again, I was frozen. Yeah. And the one thing that would have changed that is if I'd had something on my feet because then I could have just walked straight in and walked back out again and I wouldn't have had that mm. delay or the pain and things. And I just think when, when you are getting cold and you need your feet, <laughs> you need to be able to move and get away um, once you've finished and get warm again. And if you have caught your foot on a rock there might be some litter yeah. I'm forever picking up broken glass and oh cans because oh people come and have barbecues and things and they leave their rubbish and it's a, an absolute blight on the landscape but if you then tread on that and you've got a cold foot and you don't realize you could end up with uh, with an injury and it's so avoidable yeah. um, it's not the nicest thing to swim with something on your feet but I think if you're trying to keep yourself safe then that's probably top of my list yeah and do you I've seen lots of people walking and in your photos mm. with these obviously mm. orange um, yeah. things floating behind them yeah. now is that a flotation device or is it a bag that is um, just waterproof What's yeah that? so it's a waterproof bag so they're not they're not flotation devices though there's something that you can lean on in the water I, I like to refer to them as my pool edge when mm -hmm. I'm in open water because it's um yeah it's just an inflatable it's like having a football towing behind you and you can pull it into your chest and and lean on it and it'll take your body weight so if you've got cramp or you're perhaps you just want a bit of a breather it's fantastic because it means that you can just stop and you don't have to keep mm. treading water which if, if you're not used to treading water it's quite tiring so you've got that for a bit of a breather um you can get them in different sizes so you can put your clothes in them so i quite like to do adventure swims where we'll start on this shore swim over to the shore and not go back again and then you just carry oh, wow. on walking but you've got everything there it's all in your bag Oh, yeah, those are my favourite kinds of swims. Oh, I bet. <laughs> now, with your business, you yeah. say you're pretty much out most days yeah. with your clients. And yeah. when you get a chance to have a swim by yourself, yeah. where do you go? Oh, that's a tough one. Um, 
I've got a couple of secret spots that I don't Which you're not going yeah, to reveal. Not, I'm not yes, going to tell yeah. people about. Um, I do come to Crummock quite a lot because it's handy, but also it's a really nice lake to swim in. Um, so, yeah, Crummock is a real favourite. It's close to a pub that I like to go to, so I can combine the two. Um, I like to go up to Bowskill Tarn. That's probably one of my favourite tarns to, to go up to. It's quite easy to walk up there. Um, it's about a mile, and it's not a difficult path or anything. Um, and it's really quiet as well because it's in the Northern Fells, so you don't get that many people up there, although I probably shouldn't have said it on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I get loads of people up there now. Um, and I really like river swims. And as I say, rivers are something that I don't offer as much to my clients. So it's something that, uh, because, because they're so unpredictable, you never know what the conditions are going to be like day to day. So um, if I'm going to take anyone in a river, it's usually a very benign place that I'm going to take them. So I'll usually save the, the sort of more hair-raising stuff for myself. <laughs> When you're swimming, mm-hmm. what kind of wildlife do you come across? <laughs> um, everyone asks me about pike quite a lot. Yeah. <laughs> seems to be lots quite of vicious, fi- aren't they? Yeah, um, I don't know. I t- <laughs> they look vicious. Right. I've never met a single person that's been attacked by a pike. Good. I've only ever seen two. One of them was dead. Oh. So I guess I'm, I'm not bothered about fish at all. I quite like to see fish when I'm swimming. And for anyone that is scared of pike, I would say... Don't worry, the pike is more scared of you. They're more interested in being away from you. So um, I, I've never been overly concerned about it. I mean, I swam in Water the other day. If you um, stand still for long enough in the shallows, you'll get loads of fish come and start nibbling all the dry skin on, <laughs> on your legs and your feet. And some people pay good money for exactly. that. And I think we can do it for free. Um, we see a lot of bird life. That's probably one of my real joys of swimming outdoors. So in Bassenthwaite, I've had an osprey swim over me. Wow. And they they hadn't always been here. There's been a project to reintroduce them. I think they've been here for about 14 years or something now. They're still quite rare. So to actually be in the lake and have one fly over you is impressive. That's incredible. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I really like the wildfowl that I see out on the lake. So things like goosanders. Um, are one of my favourites because they're quite regal looking um, and it's just really special to be out on that level with them and especially if they don't <laughs> they don't fly away that quickly you get a chance to um, to sort of see them. Um, I think Scotland's probably the place where I've had some really special wildlife encounters. I've swam a seal, swam round me um, in Findhorn in the oh. Murray Firth. Um, swam with otters uh, on Mull. Where was that? Mull? Yeah, wow. Mull. Um, it was on a really private beach near to a cottage um, that we were staying in and there were some otters there and um, I've seen a golden eagle fly. I wasn't in the water at the time but I was on my way to a swim and saw a golden eagle and that, that was really special. So, oh, incredible. <laughs> yeah. It must be an amazing feeling to be <laughs> yeah. so close to nature yeah, a lot yeah. of the time and yeah. wildlife. Yeah. What about some mm. of the most memorable moments then mm. from your wild swimming life i like to make my own adventures whether it's swimming the length of a lake or swimming down a river or things like that um so me and a couple of friends we swam the length of derwent water and went for a full english at the end of it and oh. walked back it, it's it's really simple things that i get pleasure from um breaking the ice on a tarn to swim oh that's gosh pretty, wow so when <laughs> did you do exciting. that a couple of winters ago um oh my goodness how yeah. how how did your body cope with that it was fine because i built up to it right. i don't recommend you go and do it off the bat <laughs> i think you need to it's something you need to work at mm. so to, for me to swim through winter that took me a couple of years before i could actually go all the way through and it's still cold it still hurts mm. just you've got the mental capacity and to to deal with it 
Okay, and, and and something that you've practiced as well. So you've your body has built up a resistance to the cold water. I, I've really grown to love Scotland since I've started swimming. It was something that I always found quite intimidating as a walker, because in Cumbria the hills are quite manageable, <laughs> but in Scotland they're like really scary. And well, to me they are anyway. But for, as a swimmer, I've found Scotland more. Uh, approachable and uh, I was in uh, Loch Tay in March this year for the winter championships and that is um, you swim just in your swimsuit cap and goggles or, yeah. or a bobble hat so there's no neoprene allowed mm-hmm. and I got a gold medal in my class for the women's 50 meters wow. breaststroke and um, silver in freestyle for that's 150 amazing. so I'm quite proud of them yes, <laughs> I've never, that's another great I've moment. never won a medal for anything oh. so that was and I wasn't expecting to do anything I just went there with no expectations I just wanted to I really like the thrill of someone saying go and swimming as fast as you can in really cold water and to actually come out and think oh my god I actually won something that was really amazing and it's it's a lovely event um it's absolutely bonkers to gather on the side of a lock when it's freezing and snowing and the wind's blowing and you're going to take all your clothes off and get in cold water but the camaraderie is wonderful you see a lot of people from the outdoor swimming community that you perhaps only know through social media and then they're all there and you're all there for the same thing. <laughs> looking back then from your time in Coventry yeah. those years ago and looking at where you are now with your wild swimming guide business, mm. what are your thoughts? Um, I, I tend to, when I go back now, I feel like a bit of an alien. Um, I don't recognise the city that I grew up in. Obviously, there's a lot that's still the same, but it's changed so dramatically. And um, I don't feel as comfortable in those kind of landscapes because, say, it's so busy, there's a lot of people, a lot of noise. Um, I can never sleep when I go to my mum's now. Um, there's an airport nearby, there's a main road light pollution um sirens i know that's all part of life but i'm so adjusted to being in the countryside Mm. now um that i feel like i've gone a bit feral (laughs) and i just and i just can't cope with being in the city it's it's too busy there's too much going on yeah i don't know what i would have done if i had stayed there i think i just would have stayed in a dead-end job and yeah just coasted i reckon so what what does wild swimming mean to you then uh it means lots of things. I mean, obviously, it's how I make my living. It's what puts a roof over my head. Um, so in that respect, it's very, very important. But it gives it gives me something that I didn't know I needed in my life. Um, when I moved up here, when I, when I moved from Coventry, I realised that I'd never knew anything about the Lake District but as soon as I was here I realised that I needed to be here and there was it was that intangible thing that I couldn't put my finger on I just felt that I should be here and I was this was the place I was meant to be um, and I guess it's the same when I'm in open water that one thing that I've struggled with over the past few years is is my fitness so I'm I'm nowhere near as fit as I was when I was climbing in the hills but even when I was in the hills I was never I was never brilliant at it I just had good stamina and I could go out and do an all-day hike but I still felt really creaky and sweaty and like oh my god this is such hard work when I'm in in the water I don't feel like that I feel like um, I can achieve so much more and I think um, you get that a lot with swimmers that appearances are deceptive and you'll take someone like me who's a lot bigger than you would expect for someone that's in the outdoors a lot but when you put me in, in a lake I can go and swim the length of it no problem but if you ask me to go and walk up that hill, I'd probably find it quite difficult today. So, yeah, it just it just gives me something that nothing else in life gives me. 
What is next? I mean, <laughs> the, I hear that you've got a book. I've got a book coming out with Vertebrate Publishing next year. They are a um, fantastic outdoors company, uh, publishing company. They're based in Sheffield and um, just the whole team there, they're so into climbing and cycling, walking and everything. So swimming is going to be a new one for them. So it's going to be a guidebook to all swimming, Yes, in the, in the Lake District, yeah. Um, I'm due to deliver um, the work sort of in the next month or so, so that's really nerve-wracking because oh, wow. it's something that I've been working on for ages and I never re thought anything was going to happen with it. It was just going to be my little pet project and I, I never knew how I was going to get it published and it just happened to be a chance conversation and they picked it up and ran with it um yes yeah, so it's going to be out in spring next year oh that's so exciting <laughs> yeah. amazing so it's it given me an opportunity to share you know places that i take clients to when they come and book with me personally and for some people coming to the lake district it's actually quite a long way i do get people that come from south coast and all over really but for those that can't get to the lake district very often we're hoping it's going to be the kind of book that they almost like a coffee table guidebook as well that they can look at all these amazing places from afar Susanna who are the three people who you think have inspired your wild swimming and outdoors life uh, the first one I did mention earlier is Jude, who I lived with in Keswick uh, for a couple of years, and she's a very good friend. And um, she's had she's had to face a lot of adversity in her personal life, um, family and health things, and she always comes through it. And she's just she's this really loud, forceful personality, but um, she's just so wonderfully warm and passionate. And if you get her onto the subject of swimming, she will just run and run with it. And to watch her in the water, um, she's formidable. She's like a machine. So she inspired me in terms of having she just she just swims and she swims in Derwentwater most days with a friend Ailey and she doesn't time anything she doesn't have social media she doesn't take a selfie for her she just gets in and goes and then comes back and gets on with her life and yeah to, just to watch her in action is really inspiring and and for and, and she was the one said that got me into it she took me from being that casual dipper to being someone that could swim for miles in a lake and I'll always be eternally grateful to her for that oh lovely yeah. and and how about your second person the second person is my friend Diana who has got a farm um, above High Lawton. Um, she's got some holiday cottages there, they're very lovely if anyone ever yeah. wants to go and stay there. And she was the owner of Walking Women and um, we first met when I still lived in Coventry and I did a bit of work in the office for her and then I went on to do a bit of guiding for the holiday. And um, I'm not sure how old Diana is, um, I think she's in her late 60s, mid to late 60s and she is just the strongest woman I have ever met, physically, mentally she's so capable and um, she's just a very um, warm and inspiring character in my life and she's always been um, really helpful with with the business and I feel like she's put me on that path to to being able to do what I do and having that really strong female influence that because she is so capable that I can go up to see her one day and she'll be sorting her chickens out I can go up another day and she's up a ladder on a third floor <laughs> putting a, a nesting box on the outside of the house she's got every power tool imaginable wow. but equally um, she could bring us somewhere like this and she would be able to pick out all the birdsong and tell you the individual ones which I can never oh, do. Amazing. If it's a blackbird or a, a robin, I know the difference. But she can pick out, you know, the really delicate aspects of nature. And um, yeah, I, I just I hope that when I'm her age, I'm I'm like her. Oh, and how about your third person? 
And the third person, third person I'm going to um, keep nameless because I think he's married and got a family now. But it's someone that I used to work with when I was in Coventry and um, had a bit of a crush on. Mm -hmm. And uh, we worked side by side um, in in the office. And uh, he was the first person I'd ever met that was outdoorsy. From the people that I went to school with, nobody really did camping or hiking. We just went to the pub and went drinking and went mm. to gigs and stuff. So that was that was my lifestyle. His was completely different. And he we would get into work on a Monday morning and he would be glowing and knackered and just full of excitement because he'd been to these really mythical sounding places like he drive to Ullapool <laughs> or Stanage Gosh, and Ullswater, you know, yeah. Re yeah, really far from Coventry. But he'd come back and he'd just be so exhausted but also you know he'd have a, a tan and he'd be telling me about these awesome bits of rock that he'd climbed or these walks that he'd been on and it just it was a complete I couldn't I couldn't begin to imagine where he'd been or what he'd done but I was just say, I desperately wanted to know more about his lifestyle and how he did it and I think that led me to going to the lakes because I thought well okay if it's if it's something that he's into and then I go and do it then he might take a bit more interest in me never ever happened but I'm always eternally grateful for the fact that he piqued my interest in stuff like that because yeah. just because he looked so vibrant and alive all the time and I never looked or felt like that yeah. after a weekend in the pub for example um yeah and it was just that real glow that he'd got from being outdoors and being passionate about it that sent me off in search of what it was you know how he'd achieved that Susanna, tips for wild swimming then. Yes. I am going to go through a list of questions that basically I had, yeah. because we're going to go for a swim we in are, a minute, yeah. aren't we? And I, and I need to know all of these things. Yeah. Um, so, what do you wear when you go wild swimming? I personally wear a swimsuit yep. and a pair of swim shoes. Okay. Do you need goggles? If you want to look under the water, yes. If you wear contacts, I would say wear a pair of goggles, because if you get splashed in the water, that's not going to do contacts any good. Okay. Yeah. No. How do you find a wild swimming spot to go in? What have you got to be aware of? Um, I look at an ordnance survey map, look for access. So it, we don't have um, the same rights as you do in Scotland where you can just rock up anywhere. So I look for somewhere where we've got access to, to actually be there. And um, then I go and investigate on foot first. I might not actually swim in the first place that I've gone to. I might have a look around for somewhere better. What do you have to be conscious of to make it safe? when you're swimming? Um, a swim is as safe as the swimmer that's doing it. So always be aware of your own ability. Don't stay in for too long. If you can get out and feel like you could have done another five minutes, that's the ideal time to get out. Okay. If you get out and feel like, oh God, I should have got out five minutes ago, mm. then that's not the best experience for you. But if you feel like you've got more to give, um, so yeah, I would always um, go in for less than you mean to or need to uh, because then you'll still have that want to go and do it again um, mm. wearing a watch stopwatch see how long you've been in for yeah it's so easy on a sunny day to stay in for ages but you continue to cool down for about 30 minutes afterwards so um just to remember that when you get out you mm. need plenty of warm layers to put on <laughs> definitely i tend to um tell people to swim along the the edge of a lake mm -hmm. if you get in and you swim for 10 minutes and you swim out into the middle for 10 minutes you've got to get back again yeah. so that's 20 minutes of swimming if you swim along the edge for 10 minutes you think oh, i want to get out now you've only need to take a couple of strokes to get out yeah. um so it's, it's things like knowing your limits and going back to just wearing a simple stopwatch and knowing how long you've been in for is really important and also do you need to have someone watching you 
Um, I, I generally advise people to, I do swim on my own, yeah. but that is because I do it most days. I do it for a living mm. and I feel quite confident being in the water on my own. Um, not everybody does. So if in doubt, have someone with you. Great. If you could give me three <laughs> best spots to go while swimming, <laughs> what would they be? Um, Crumb water. Yep. In the Lake District, uh, yeah. In the Lake District, yes. Um, probably the end closest to Lowe's Water because you've got a really great pub nearby, the Kirk style. Um, Buttermere mm-hmm. is just so beautiful. The water clarity, it's like being in HD. It's amazing. Um, and then uh, Don't Water. It's, uh, it's quite a busy lake. So first thing in the morning, sort of half six, just after sunrise, Don't Water is my favourite place in the world. Oh, amazing. Um, if you are a person who gets cold quite easily, is there a certain amount of time that you can be in the water for, or is there a certain point where you should realise that you need to get out? Um, it t- it varies for every for everyone. Um, I can stay in for twice as long as some people, and I know people that can stay in longer than me. Uh, my hands get cold quite quickly, so I will wear a pair of neoprene gloves, even if my body's not cold. Often my hands are. I think if you are susceptible to cold, wetsuit. Um, but don't forget your extremities. It's your, hand, your hands and feet that tend to feel it more. So if you can protect them, you've got the dexterity to actually get changed and get dressed when you get out again. Um, and don't scrimp on what you wear afterwards. Sometimes what you wear in the water is not actually overly important. But if you've only got a jumper to put on afterwards, um, you, you're going to be found wanting. Mm. I'd, I'd rather have too much to put on and take something off than to think, oh, I wish I'd got another jacket or hat or something. <laughs> And what about you? Do you have to have like a hot drink afterwards as well and yeah. go for a walk? Yeah, so like when we met and you said you'd got a drink but not a hot one. So mm. I put one Error. in my bag. Error number one. Yeah. <laughs> so I put a drink in my bag for you. And if you think about it, there's nothing's going to get you warmed up quicker than having a hot drink or some food or something as well as putting your coat on and getting moving. So, And also it just makes you feel better. I mean, who doesn't feel better after a cup of tea? <laughs> so if you were to recommend wild swimming for people, yeah. uh, what would you say some of the benefits are? And a lot of people do it for their mental health. Um, I do it for my mental health and I do it for my physical health and just for the pure enjoyment of it. Um, it seems to have helped a lot of people very recently that they find that you get that um, release and that escapism when you're outside and, you, and you're just at one with nature and swimming really seems to amplify that. Um, I don't think it's a complete cure-all. I think that you have got to, you've got to do a bit of work yourself if there's something that's, that's bothering you. But um, for me, it's, I think it's just the pure. Leaving everything behind and just being in the water is a really magical experience for me. So I think we're going to go we're about and ready. have a swim. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we're going to get changed yeah. and then, uh, yeah, I can't wait. Good. <laughs> so do I just... <laughs> <laughs> well don't jump in that's the main thing um, if you can sort of lower yourself down okay. it's a little bit slippy on this rock um, Ooh, it, is a bit chilly. <laughs> it is a bit chilly so it is a little bit rocky and got a bit of, um, it's actually not the coldest I've ever been no, there, so no. I imagine the water sounds have been quite cold because they're coming straight from the mountain because you're going to get wet anyway so <laughs> so if you can leave some water on yourself that, that I've had someone just go like this before and I'm like no you've got to properly get some water on you yeah um, I'll try not to scream <laughs> and then when you take your first um when you first stroke out like this nice deep breath out you don't out. Have deep breath out yeah okay. so you don't want to go <gasps> when you're at this level so <laughs> and then just keep focusing on that nice deep breath out <laughs> 
until it passes. <laughs> So we've just come out of the water after about we were about 10 minutes in the water then, yeah just we? about yeah oh yeah. it was amazing <laughs> that felt incredible mm. I mean it felt really obviously very cold when you got in but yeah. the way your body warms up is yeah. quite amazing it cools down well yeah it, it cools down <laughs> yeah you? you sort of you get you become acclimatized to the water um so I, I prefer to say that you cool down to it rather than you warm up <laughs> yeah and you gave me a good tip to breathe out yeah. as I was immersing yeah. myself yeah so as you move off i tried to get people in slowly so as we walked in we went into about um just over stomach depth and then a little bit further a little bit further until you were going to have to swim and at that point you know then you're not having this big plunge you just sort of move off gently mm. and a uh, nice deep breath out to avoid you breathing in as you get level with the water um and just it just helps and then you're focusing on getting your breathing right and then all of a sudden you realize that you're in and you're swimming and the cold's less of an issue yeah. <laughs> yeah and and one thing we i thought when we were going out there and you picked up as well is the, the perspective yeah when you're swimming and you see yeah. these mountains around you from the perspective of the water that's yeah. incredible it is they look absolutely they look so different and one of my favorite mountains to swim under is Grassmore, and from a lot of places um it looks just like this big mass of rock when you're in the water it becomes like a ch like a child's drawing of a mountain with a really pointy top and and it's quite special because I've never seen a picture of it the way that it looks to me from the water and I just I, I love the view and just to look up at them and yeah you do you see them with a different pair of eyes but also I remember walks that I've been on when I'm looking at them so I might not have been up some of them for several years but when I'm in the water I can sort of gaze up and and it's like I was walking on them yesterday oh wonderful <laughs> that was a really amazing experience Good. Susanna so thank you and uh, people will be able to see some of the photos uh, on the website and mm -hmm. on the Instagram yeah. of us in the water yeah um, but it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you thank you thank you for taking me out on a dip it's all right you're welcome um, good luck with the book thank you i can't wait to read some of your about your, <laughs> about your spots that you're going to yeah. put in there for, for good wild swimming mm -hmm. um and uh, yes thank you again you're welcome right well that is the final episode of series two of the outdoors fix I really hope you enjoyed it and thank you to all of my guests and all of you for listening. It's such a lot of fun to make and I hope it's inspired you to make Adventures Outdoors a bigger part of your life. I'll be back with Series 3 in a few weeks, but if you have suggestions for people you think would be great as a guest on the podcast, do let me know. You can direct message me on Instagram at The Outdoors Fix or message me via the podcast website. Now, time for some sounds from nature. Take a moment to really listen and relax. This time, it's the sound of a waterfall in a gorge near Milford Sound in New Zealand. <laughs> <laughs>